Hi, I'm Dr. Mitch Harlan, and welcome to the Truth Talks podcast. Today's guest is Lori Seitz. Lori, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is going to be fun. A fellow podcast host, you know, listen, I'm I'm fairly new into the whole podcast thing. Matter of fact, when I first heard the word, I didn't even know what the hell it was. Uh, found producer Chad, and I said, hey, I think we need to get on the air and do some of this stuff uh, that I've been doing for a number of years, but put it on video format. And he's like, I believe that's called a podcast. I'm like, all right, let's do a podcast. So here we are. You have a very successful podcast, and it's called Fine as a Four-Letter Word. How the heck did that all happen? Yeah, well, I had uh, the idea, the whole idea of people living in this place where they say everything's fine, but it's really not fine at all. <laughs> and there's a dumpster fire going on. And they're like, nothing to see here. Just look away. And, you know, people walk around saying they're fine. Everything's fine. Nobody wants to admit that it's not fine, even either to other people or to themselves, because that means then they're going to have to look at what they've done with their life. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but like a lot of people don't want to have to self-examine that way. So what happened? You're walking around one day, you meet one of your friends and you're like, whoa, that's not fine. You know what? Let's uh, put this on the air and then uh, let's do a podcast. No. So, okay. So the podcast part, I was a, started college as a broadcast major and I love the whole medium of broadcast of having a microphone. And I ultimately wanted to sit in Katie Couric's chair, but that's not what happened. That's not the direction my career took. And so when it, the opportunity came up to create my own show, I was like, all right, I'm doing it. I don't need to wait for somebody else to pick me or hire me for that job. I'm just going to do it. And then I waited a bunch of years because I was like, well, okay, what do I have to say that's different? And not to beat myself up about it, but just there were so already thousands of podcasts. So what makes mine different? And it took me a little while to get the right, the right show title, the right uh, subject, the right theme. So, so how did you come up with that? What, what was the deciding factor? Um, well, so the, the basis of my whole program and my, and my podcast is that I, I mean, I was my ideal client, my ideal listener, right? So I got to this point in my life where I had been married for 22 years. We were together for almost 30. And I was kind of like, I don't know if this is how I want to continue living my life. Like, it's fine. It was fine. It's fine. <laughs> He's a great person. We're both good people, but we don't necessarily belong together anymore. And backing up even further to get to that, that point where that was what I was thinking about was I ran my first business, which was called Zen Rabbit Baking Company. And I was making a product called the Gratitude Cookie, which was amazing. Kind of a cross between a butter and a sugar cookie and selling it because my background is also in marketing as a product for business people to say thank you to their clients and people who sent them referrals. And so I ran that business for 11 years and I couldn't scale it quite the way I wanted to. So I ended up shutting it down. And at the same time I did that, my mom was diagnosed with an acute form of leukemia and passed away six weeks later. So that whole time was like, okay, do I want to keep living my life that lived this, the next 20 years, the same way I lived the last 20. That's a lot of change. It's a lot of change. Yeah. And, and not that the last 20 had been bad or terrible or anything wrong with them. Nothing. It's just, it was a reevaluation point. It was fine. Yeah. And so from that, you decided, 
all right, I'm going to interview people and we're going to find their fine. How do you take them to the next level then? How do you get out of fine and get to extraordinary? Well, that's not what something I'm doing on the podcast per se, because the people who I have on my show are, they've been in that place and then they've moved off of it. So the, the interviews are more about like, how did you get from being fine to where you are today? Right. And I, and I've listened to that. And that's, and that's an interesting thing because we kind of at Truth Talks, we do a, a little bit similar, right? Like we get the whole story. Usually our, our person that we're interviewing has a story that usually ends in success. It's obviously why we want to do the story. And I can really resonate with your podcast of fine because it, it's kind of that thing that, that separates us from either going into really wicked depression or, or really wicked euphoria, right? And it's that fine level. So I really resonate with a lot of that. Give me a couple things that out of your podcast, though, that changed you. One of the things that I found when I started interviewing people from actually one of the very first interviews was that a lot of people grow up in families where they're not allowed to express emotions, not even just express them. They're not even allowed to have them. And so they get to an adult age, whatever age it is. And they're like, they maybe end up in, in counseling for some reason. And that's where they start discovering that they've never allowed themselves to have or feel emotions. And that kind of just blew my mind because that wasn't the case in my family. Not like everybody was all emotional all the time and there was drama, but we were allowed to have emotions and express them. And apparently that's unusual. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you, especially now. I think, uh, you know, I think we've gotten so overly emotional. We don't know what fine is either, right? And it's kind of interesting that you bring that up because one of the things I was thinking as you were talking about that is, you know, in this podcast world, when we're out there expressing our messages and so on and so forth, some of the things that I saw on your reviews, um, it's almost like a therapeutic experience for some of these people. Yeah, absolutely. That's part of the thing I love about being a podcast host is getting the stories like you're doing on your show, getting people, getting the stories, but helping people share their story. I've had a lot of people on my show that they've never done an interview, a podcast interview, or they've never had the conversation about what they are talking about on my show with anyone. Tell me if you've heard this before in your show. Have you heard, you know, I didn't think I would actually go all the way down there before. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've had many conversations after the, after we stop recording, which I should just keep recording forever <laughs> because the, the really good conversations happen afterwards. hundred percent. Yeah. About, um, yeah, I never told that story to anyone before. We get it all the time. And you're right. And we stop doing that. We just keep recording. And that's the beauty of having producer Chad is uh, all of a sudden that looks like it was part of the podcast because we I'm like, oh, you got to throw that back in there. That was like the best part of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So so how do you what, what is your uh, kind of end game, if you will? What, what's the next steps? What are you doing? I'm on a mission to teach the world to be calm and grounded no matter what's going on around them. That is my ultimate mission, because imagine what our world would look like if everyone came from this place where they were grounded, rooted like a tree and whatever's happening around them, they might bend and, you know, move with the wind, but they're not going anywhere. They're making decisions from this place of clarity and of knowing who they are and, and re responding instead of reacting. 
Do you find it's also extremely therapeutic for you when you're doing interviews? Uh, I don't know if therapeutic is the word I would use. It's really fun for me. I love, <laughs> I, I rewarding might be a better way of describing it. I just, I love connecting with people. So whether I'm doing that through my podcast or on a stage, I just love having a microphone and that's not from an ego place. It's from uh, the ability to teach when I was growing up and, you know, people, what do you want to be when you grow up? I always wanted to be a teacher, but back in the day when I was a kid, like teacher to me meant standing in a classroom teaching like first graders. Right. I didn't realize that that is what I do now, but it's a completely different. It looks very different. And I love it. What's your demographic? Like what's the, what's your, your biggest demographic? Gen X. Um, and I, I, when I first started the show, I thought it was going to be Gen X women, but it turns out that it's, it's all genders and also some older millennials. And, and for and, the record, yeah, Gen X doesn't know who they are. So that's people in their forties and fifties. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. One of the things that's interesting about that, and at least from what I do on my show, I know I resonate more with people in that zone, right? Because you've either been through it yourself or or you're going in the same direction or you've got the same kind of, of, of dreams, goals, aspirations or whatever. So I, I definitely think there's a little bit of that play, but we've done some really young people. We've done some really old people. I, I find it fascinating in all aspects. Like I love doing this, although I did not have a communications uh, degree or anything like that, which is probably quite evident when I do my show. It's like, man, this guy is just winging this bad boy. But, be nice to yourself. Well, I, I think I am being nice to myself that way. I, I, I'm a winger, man. I'm like, okay, we gotta, you know, we're going to just ask some questions and see what the heck happens and what rolls out. But I also think that what we do is extremely important in the world. And uh, right before this, I just had a guy, uh, he's, he's in politics. Uh, on the show I did earlier this morning. And it's kind of just, you know, when you talk about from politics to things like fine as a four letter word, it almost seems like there's a real contradiction there. Like what we do is try and have these communications to help solve problems or having people find a better way. And then politics is just really super polarized. And so we're going to, I want to talk to you just a little bit about that. When we talk about fine as a four letter word, Man, that encompasses everything, though, right? That's politics to kids to job to everything. Yeah. Anytime anybody's saying everything's fine, it's usually not fine. And I know there's the there's an acro, you know there's an acronym for what fine stands for, and that's not the way that I use it. Like that's not the intention of my um, use of the word fine. It's really going back to that whole everybody just. It, is conditioned to say, fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> First of all, stop asking people how they are, like, <laughs> because you're not going to get the truth anyway. That's right. And actually, I think when I opened this up, I said, how are you? Did you? Yeah, <laughs> so I, I don't even that. notice anymore. Like, we don't notice. And we don't notice when people just say fine either. We just uh, accept it. We, we kind of just brush over it. Like, what if somebody said, you know, I'm really not doing well today. I could use a hug or like whatever. Like they told you the truth. Well, you and I would probably be like, hey, you want to come on and do a show? Right. <laughs> right. So I think that is what I'm looking for. But most people wouldn't be able to handle it again, because it comes back to the dealing with emotions. 
People don't know how to deal with emotions. And you see this so much in our society because people overeating, over drinking, uh, you know, sitting on the couch, drowning their, like burying their emotions in too much Netflix. I don't know. Like people find all kinds of ways to not feel feelings. Oh shit. So me and producer Chad are not fine. We overindulge in all of that. <laughs> we were just talking about a Netflix show we just watched. I'm not so- saying that any of that is <laughs> bad. I'm just saying people overindulge and do it for reasons to bury real life and emotions. No, I get it. And here's one of the things that I, I love uh, talking to another podcast host, if you will, because I, I don't know if I would really consider myself a, a, a podcast host. We use it in terms, but there, there's people like you. I've watched your stuff. You're so much cleaner and smoother than I am. It's, it's ridiculous. But there's always two things that I always want to know. A show that you did that really you're just like, oh, my God. Do you have one of those in mind, top of your head? I, there's so many shows that I feel like that. There are a lot of times my guests come on with stories that would they are just unbelievable that people have lived through. So the one that just jumped into my head when you asked that question is with Amanda Katarzy. And her episode is called uh, something about Ed Milet saved my life because she had she grew up in a cult and then she has her she left and got, she was involved in sex and um, labor trafficking as the victim. And then she got out of that and she's just had so much trauma in her life. And yet she's so resilient. I mean, these, that's just one story. I've heard tons of stories of trauma and growing up in cults and, and abuse and unbelievable stuff. And do you use those stories then when it, somebody else comes up with another story? Because I have that too. We, we run a sex trafficking story and, and it was kind of crazy how they, she got taken from where she was at. She got conned into this thing. She ends up in Las Vegas. She ends up in a strip club. She ends up then this whole sex trafficking thing. Then her escape. It was one of the best shows that, that I really enjoyed. Not necessarily from an aspect of, wow, what, you know, where her transformation went from start to finish. But literally the educational aspect of that story, like how in the world, you, you would think when you hear that out loud, how can anyone fall for that? How can anybody do that? And then you hear the story and you're like, oh my God, you know what? My kid could have fell for that. My, you know, my buddy's daughter could have fell for that. It's pretty crazy. And, and that's, that's why I always like to ask that. That's a part about podcasting that I absolutely love is the unexpected that happens. When you're doing a podcast or whatever, and we're talking about fine as a four-letter word, what's the, what's the mission behind that? Uh, really to share the story so that the listeners can understand that, they're one, they're not alone, and two, there's nothing wrong with them. Because a lot of times people hide their stories, hide the, the shame around something that might have happened to them or not even necessarily to them, a decision they made on their proactively maybe wasn't the best decision, whatever it is, there's a lot of shame around wherever they are in life. And they feel like they're the only one and they can't share it. And they don't want anybody to know because, oh my God, I'm such a horrible person. And so it's really about, there are other people who have been through this or are going through this and you're not alone. And you recently took a trip. 
I did. So yeah, I've, I recently went on a one month road trip sabbatical with a 19 year old cat. So, and the reason behind this was I actually did an interview. There were a couple of things, but I did an interview with this guy, Chris Shembra. He's the author of a book called Gratitude Through Hard Times. And in the interview and in the book, he talks about his disconnect from gratitude. Like gratitude is his whole business. And he personally had a disconnect from it. And it was very dramatic incident of uh, non-suicidal um, self-injury. And he talked about that on the show. And that was just one more step in the whole, okay, he's not, he was disconnected from gratitude. I feel like I'm kind of disconnected from it too. And this is what I talk about and teach all the time. Like this is my business. And yet I feel a bit disconnected from it and disconnected from my, I'll say higher power, but that can be interpreted in so many different ways. Higher power, internal, the internal voice. I work with my clients a lot uh, and we talk about like getting quiet enough to hear your inner voice and hear what that inner voice is saying to you. Cause we're so, we hear so many voices. Not, okay. We don't hear, some people hear, <laughs> hear voices. A lot of voices. <laughs> No, but we're so influenced by social media, traditional media, what our friends are telling us, what our family is telling us we should be doing. And it's very rare that people get quiet enough to hear what their own in, inner voice is telling them. That might be intuition. It might be higher power. It's whatever you want to call it. But it's that, that voice that only you can hear that is directing you in the, the right direction for you. What would you discover? Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of losing connection to that. And, um, I decided I was going to take this, this one month, like I, there was no way I could keep doing all the things that I was doing in my business that weren't working. Like I was on this idea that, okay, it's not working. So I should do more of it. Like, let me do more of what's not working because maybe that will help it work. And I was just getting burned out. And so, yeah, I just went, all right, screw it. I'm, I'm done. I like, to put my podcast on hiatus for the month. I had stuff recorded, but I just didn't publish it. I, um, I didn't do any work and we just went like kind of this idea of allowing ease and flow. So do you ever, do you choose a word for the year? Like I know some people choose a word or a phrase for each year. You know, I've seen it. I don't, uh, but I, but I've seen that. Yeah. And I get it. Okay. So my word, my phrase for 2022 was ease and flow. It's on my whiteboard right in front of me every day. I wasn't allowing it. I just felt like um, I'm better off pushing a rock up a hill. Let me just keep working all the time. That's the better way to go. <clears throat> and it wasn't working. So I was like, all right, well, let me try this other way. I've heard it works. Let me see. <laughs> I tell other people it works. I, intellectually, I think it works, but let me get it integrated into, into um, my beliefs. In the Midwest, we call it, if you got to eat a shit sandwich, don't nibble on it. Uh, and I, I, I can never come with up with one word, right? I'm always, uh, it's just, it's just, it's interesting. And this is why I love talking and having conversations with people because we're all different. We all need something a little bit different to do it. And yeah, I'm just a grinder. I just keep pushing right through it, right? I don't even know who told me that stupid saying, but I say it all the time to people. But maybe I do. Maybe I need a, a month off and travel around in a, I don't know. 
I don't think you need, this is the thing I came back with the idea for a, a new program called living the sabbatical life. And you don't need a whole month off and a road trip with a cat <laughs> to, to find your way to ease and flow. There are other ways to do it. But I think this is another thing. Our society tells us that the only way to be successful is to work as hard as you can. And most people are already working as hard as they can, and they're not at the level of success that they'd like to be. So what other tools are in the toolbox? And that's what I set out to like prove to myself. The other tools work. They do. While in this month, while I was not working, I had two of the biggest opportunities of my life come to me business-wise and I wasn't working. Maybe that's that openness to having something different come in, right? Yes. And it's to the openness to allowing ease and flow. Like we don't have to be hustling 24 seven. In fact, I am so against that. It doesn't work. It can work, but it can work so much better life in general business can work so much better if you're not hustling 24 seven and you're allowing ease and flow and working intentionally instead of just doing all the things. Yeah. I think sometimes you just get busy just to feel like you're busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it does suck. Yeah. It totally sucks. And I've been saying, you know, the highest performing business leaders in the world, two things about them. One is they don't say they're busy. Their, their schedule may be full, And they are doing a lot of things, but they're not busy. They will not say, I'm busy. I'm too busy for that, or I'm busy. That's not a word they use. So where do you you go from here? So after you had this this thing, are you going to do a new show? Uh, I don't know that I'm going to do a new show. I'm going to, I feel like the Living the Sabbatical Life program fits under the Fuck Being Fine program that I already have. (laughs) Which I love, right? Which I love it. And that, call it out. Like, call it you, out. You reach, you reach the point. So fine is a four-letter word. And then you reach a point where you're like, fuck, I can't, I can't keep living this way. This is not healthy. It's not um satisfying. It's not enjoyable. And, and how do you how do you know when you're not just fine anymore? What would you tell somebody to what would be the one thing that you would say? Here's how you know that it's not just fine. I mean, you look at your life and you just go, well, I'm not this. this, Is this really my life? This can't be my life. (laughs) This sucks. I I don't, I'm not, I'm not feeling good. Whether physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever it is, it doesn't feel good. It's uncomfortable and it's not joyful. Like life is meant to be joyful. I believe. No, I agree with you. And, and there, I, you know, I'm as guilty as anybody of it. Cause a lot of times I'll be like, no, I'm fine. You know, then I'm like, okay, I got to hurry up and get back to the office. I got to hurry up and do this. Yeah, I'm fine. But so I guess it's kind of part of all of our lives. So how do people, how would our listeners and stuff get involved with you? Where, where can they find you find all your programs? My website is zenrabbit.com, And that's the best place to see, see what I'm doing these days and to find my social media links as well. And, and if someone comes to your social media links and, and comes and finds you, what are they going to find there? What, what is the program? How's it going to change them? They're going to find me talking about gratitude and connections and courage, which are the three pillars of what I call the trilogy for success. Um, they're going to find me t- 
talking about ways to help encourage them to be the best version of themselves. And last but not least, tell me this for you personally, and also as a podcast host and all the things that you're doing and the fulfillment that you get, because I get it too. I just get a lot of fulfillment doing a podcast. Where do you see yourself in the next five years? What What is it that you're looking to do? Joint projects with other people who are putting these same kind of vibes out in the world, talking about gratitude and connection and meditation and um, you know, finding the courage to be who you really are and do, and uh, retreats, gratitude retreats and sabbatical retreats. So again, it doesn't have to be a month long road trip sabbatical, <laughs> but I do believe that it's helpful to get out of your, your routine and your current life, maybe for a week, at least to kind of kickstart that, that different viewpoint. So, um, yeah. So I see retreats, I see joint, joint projects because I love that and more speaking engagements, put me on a stage. Well, we'll do that. We're going to try and promote you so that, that, uh, any of our listeners who has that capability, man, they, they'll find you and get you there. And one thing I was thinking as I was going through my head, if I went home today and I told my wife, I said, uh, you know what? I think I'm going to take a month sabbatical. I'll take, we got two dogs. I mean, cats, I'll take the dogs with me. I'm pretty sure she'd be like, that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, she should be like, good. Should that scare me? I get a sabbatical too, right? Is that what she's going to say? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure she'd use the word, that's fine. (laughs) That scares the hell out of me. (laughs) Maybe that's exactly what you need to do. (laughs) I don't know. You have to do the thing that scares you, Dr. (laughs) Oh, I do things that scare me every damn day, man. I tell you what. Uh, but I, I truly appreciate you coming on our show. I love doing these types of fun things. I love other podcast hosts because I, I uh, looking you up, I got to kind of see some things in myself that I'm like, ooh, I got to get smoother. I got to get better at this. And, and it makes it fun. Uh, I'm always learning. I always love and enjoy learning. And I definitely think you have a program and stuff that people can really value from. So one more time before we end this, I want you to tell us again, one more time, give us your where people can find you. Yeah, zenrabbit.com. Zenrabbit.com. Zenrabbit. Well, thank you so much, Lori, for coming on our show. I appreciate it. Uh, Maybe we'll collaborate. I mean, obviously, we have a mutual connection, Producer Chad. So I'm sure that uh, if anything comes up, let's do something and uh, let's inspire people. I think that's what we're supposed to do. Absolutely. Thanks for having me and live a joyful day. I'm going to go. I'm going to go for it. Thank you so much, Lori. 